0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech, our ongoing technology discussion and how-to show here on the TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of the two brothers in tech that you will meet on the show. The other brother in tech being my actual brother, uh, Brian Jackson, on the other end of the country joining us. How are you doing, Brian?
0: I'm good. Good. Actual brother and favorite brother, right? You are You are my favorite to... brother. Yeah, you nice. are.
1: I, nice. Seriously. I mean, I mean it. I really yeah. do mean it. You I, haven't, my I, haven't,
0: I haven't dropped out of that position, you know, nope. even though there's no other contenders. That.
1: <laughs> I keep a daily rating ranking on my uh, list going and a uh, favorite brothers. And you are in the number one spot. You have been in the number one spot since wow. uh, mm. really since uh, the day you were born. Mm. And uh, you're right. There's nobody else on the list. because. Yeah. Yep. I don't have another brother, but um still, I mean it's still something to brag about. Yeah. You
0: know? So wait so that means you should be my favorite brother as well. <laughs> <laughs> Am
1: I not your favorite brother? Somehow well, it is yeah.
0: you are clearly in the top five. Clearly. And uh I mean
1: t- top I forgot to mention six, you're also six. my you're also my you're also my least favorite brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, there is that. There is that. There is so that. Yeah, you I'm really good at
0: being at the top well. of the list of lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, this
1: is Brothers in Tech. Uh, Brian and I get together uh, about once a week to talk technology. And really, we're uh, we kind of started this whole show with the idea of we want to help those of you that are either uh, the kind of go to IT person in your family or or network of friends. To be a resource and to kind of help build up knowledge with everybody out there and when it comes to home or family technology or possibly to help those of you that just don't want to be the one calling that other family member to get technical help and you want to start to be a little more self-sufficient on some of these things so we are here especially talking about home and family technology and ways to use it better So, Brian, we got together last time and started off a whole nother segment of shows about digital video. So uh, taking video with uh, your your digital equipment, whether it be camera phones or more dedicated camcorders. And we talked all about the ins and outs of digital video. What are some important things to know? What are some uh, terms you might hear? What are some things that you need to keep in mind if you're buying something new? Um, And now we're jumping into our deep dive episodes. This is where you and I kind of really hone in on a very, very specific subset topic. And today's deep dive episode is all about shooting video on your camera phone. So very specifically, your iPhone, your Android, whatever camera phone you're using, if you decide you want to make that your video camera, you're going to shoot video for personal or possibly even professional purposes with your camera phone that's what we're going to talk about today
0: yeah i i would like to say i'm excited but i'm actually just going to kind of kick back and let you take over your domain here right i mean this is this series i'm 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 learning and uh you know i'm thinking this deep dive might be totally your day right i mean you're the one that tends to shoot on your 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 mobile quite a bit yourself and video is your your profession so uh Yeah, I don't know if I have anything to add here. So um <laughs> what,
1: what's good to, I, I appreciate you going ahead and just bowing out now and <laughs> just going ahead and uh, not even trying to waste our time by you trying to fill with any information that you really don't understand. No, you know um, what?
0: I mean if, if if we're really gonna help those folks out there that um that don't wanna be the uh the the bother to the rest of their family, you know, to ask these questions and they probably need someone to act as though they don't know what they're doing. And that's, that's the way I'm going to act today. And uh, I'm going to ask questions (laughs) and, uh, you know, let you, uh, let you show off. This is your, this is your time, Alan this is your time. Oh, great.
1: And that's something I don't hear often enough, but thank you very much. I look forward to this. So yeah. So a little background, as I mentioned in the last episode, you know, I have been shooting and producing video productions for gosh, 30 years now, something in that neighborhood. And there you are uh, old. Yes. I am. I started when I was two and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was 30 years ago. Um, and uh, shooting from everything from old style uh, beta cam or three quarter inch deck uh, cameras to uh, now shooting on you know DSLRs or on iPhones in some situations. So I am a big fan of shooting video on your camera phone. Again, I believe it's, it's the camera you have with you. That's kind of the adage I always use is that I like carrying one device with me everywhere I go. And so I, that becomes both my camera and my video camera anywhere I go. But there are some things to know that if you make the decision you uh, listening to this to make that camera phone be your your dedicated video tool, that is where you're going to shoot all your home videos, for special events, get-togethers, you're going to use your camera phone to shoot video for it. I think it's great. It's convenient, it's easy. And the quality's really, really good these days. They keep improving it with every iteration of the phones. But there are some things to understand about shooting video on your camera phone. All right. So, Brian, I'm going to kind of start us off talking. It'll be a little bit of repeating of what we talked about in the last episode when we talked about general digital video. But I just think it's terribly important to remember before you start firing up the, the camera, the video camera on your on your phone. We talked about resolution and settings, uh, kind of the quality level and frame rate, and some of those things in the last episode. And I just want to repeat a little bit of that, Brian. I want to make sure you understood it, you Brian. Thank understood you. Understood what I was talking about last time, so I'm going to repeat a little bit of it. Um, in general, at the time of this recording, right now today, uh, when you choose what camera resolution you want to record video with you typically have two kind of options. One is high definition, which is called 1080. So if you look on your phone and there are settings for uh, how you want to shoot video, uh, you probably are using whatever is the default setting and that's probably fine, but there are some things to understand. You can shoot at 1080 HD, which is high definition, uh, 1080 pixels high on the height side, and that's really good. That's going to look great. Uh, it's it's kind of the standard right now for people when they're looking at things on TV, or or uh, shooting things on video. But the cameras nowadays also have options for shooting on 4K, which we talked about the last episode. Is a much much bigger frame size. Uh, how many? How much did we figure? Out? It was four times yeah, the the I screen think... resolution. Right. So imagine four. Yeah. Yeah, four of those 1080HD screens put together is one 4K screen. Now, as you can imagine, the quality is going to be awesome. It's going to look really really sharp, but it's also going to take up a lot more space on your phone. So camera, the one thing you've got to keep in mind when you're shooting on your on your camera phone is you are bound to the amount of space you have available on your camera phone. So if you shoot a lot of video and you change your settings to shoot at 4K, uh, it's going to look great, but it is going to eat up a lot of your space and you may find yourself a lot more limited on how much you can, you can store without having to delete or download the videos off your phone to make, make up more room. Um, so that's the biggest trade-off we talked about last time too. That's the big thing I would say, just as you're deciding what you're going to shoot, I'm always in favor of shooting the best quality resolution you can, because it's easier to knock down that video later and save it out as a lower quality than it is to shoot lower quality. And unfortunately you're stuck there, but you just got to make sure you've got the space available to do so. And also understanding if you're going to have your, your videos upload to a cloud service, if you're using a iPhone and if you've got an iCloud service and you want your videos to get synced up to your iCloud account, it's just going to take a whole lot longer to do that with a 4K video than it would a, an HD video. So it's just trade offs. But again, the quality, and you're not going to beat the quality. I mean, if shooting on 4K is still going to be your best option for that. So, so Alan, so let me, all your camera phones have those options to choose between. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, let me,
0: let me, uh, let me do my first, uh, my first attempt at pretending that I don't know what I'm doing here um, and ask you a question. So, yes. so earlier when you said it is easier to trim down a video of a higher quality. So if yes. you were to compare the exact same video that was shot at 1080p versus one that was shot at 4K trimmed down to 1080p, are those two things going to be the same? Or do you lose anything um, in the trimming? or
1: not it, it becomes very subjective at that point okay. but i would say that in general shooting in 4k and then if you have a way where you have to save it later as a 1080 hd yeah. video in theory it will still look better than if you shot it at 1080p originally oh, okay. um but it's not going to be dramatic i, I think probably to like just the general public's eye, it's not going to really look any different. I yeah, discernible. Okay. Um, so if you have, this that's space, why I always say shoot higher shoot high, and then just know that you can bring it down. Like for example, if I shoot a 4k video on my phone and then I go to upload it to, to Facebook or something, Facebook's going to knock it down anyway. Facebook's yeah. uh, right now not going to let you play a 4k video on your, on your Facebook page. So it'll knock it down to whatever resolution it wants to put you at anyway. So again, I'd rather start high and let the different platforms I'm going to share it on knock it down for me uh, versus starting lower on quality. And then that's basically where I'm stuck no matter what. Um, but again, you know, 1080p still looks really good. Um, and if you're watching video only on your phone or only on a tablet, you know, right. you're know, really not going to see a lot of difference. Yep. Um, uh, it's just that when you have a 4K TV set and you're going to put your video up there, you will be able to tell if it's a 4k video in general. So uh, you're kind of shooting for where you want the video to end up. But I also say shoot the highest resolution you can, as long as you got the space to do it. Yeah. Um, Cause it
0: doesn't, I mean, it, other than space, there's really a, no other downside, right. Than having that space
1: call. and, and, and download and upload, and upload speed. speed, you know, yeah. if you, if you shoot a 4k video and you want to share it by like a text message with somebody, uh, it's going to be a huge, transfer yeah. process and, yeah. and bandwidth issue speed wise to do so that's so, the real the, the only trade-offs
0: so it's it's similar to when we talk about photography if you can shoot in raw that takes a lot more space you might as well yeah. do it because you have a lot more options with what you can do with that later it's right exactly the
1: same okay. yeah there's <laughs> not really a raw video format because a raw video format would actually be ungodly amount of size and and quality level so there's always some level of shooting frame rate size going on uh and right now 4k is kind of the the closest to raw we've got yeah uh, for shooting video you're right um now again in another couple of years i'm sure 8k will probably be some options on some high-end phones and it's going to eat up even more space but if you've got the space to do it still shoot at the highest resolution you can and let yourself knock it down later whenever you share it with others or upload it to a service. Um, so again, that was just our talk on, on resolution and settings. The same kind of thing. I'm just going to mention real quickly again about frame rate is important to remember too. Uh, we talked about frames, frames per second. And when you go into your camera settings for video, you will find that you have options to choose your frames per second by default. It's probably going to be on 30 because 30 is kind of your default video frames per second you can go up to 60, 60 frames per second will give you a lot more flexibility. If you want to do anything in slow motion when you're editing or or, uh, tinkering with your video afterwards and you want to use some of the slow-mo effects, you're going to find a much better experience if you shot it at 60 frames per second because you've got more frames in a second to play with and to extend and to slow down. And then 24 frames per second is kind of the lowest most people will go and that's if you're trying to achieve a little more of a film-like look where there's a little bit more stuttering if you really watch the motion, but it kind of gives you a little bit more of a film-like, uh, a cinema-more uh, approach to your, to, your, to your filming. But there is also a little bit of trade-off on space. If you shoot 60 frames per second, well, that means it's shooting 60 frames every second instead of 30. So in theory, you're shooting almost double the amount of storage space yeah. uh, on that. <clears throat> so again, it all is kind of this little uh, matrix you got to think about. What do you all want to shoot uh, at frame rate wise and what do I want to shoot resolution wise. Again, if all of this sounds Greek to you listening to you and you don't really care and you're just like, I just want to shoot video from my home videos and just to have it, then I would leave it at the default setting that your camera phone is by default set at and have fun with it. That's you're fine. Just if you really want to do something a little more with your video, think about these resolution settings and go in and make those changes on your camera phone before you start shooting a lot of the video. So, Alan, does the yep. same
0: rule apply with frame rate that if you shot it at 60, can you export it out as a 30? Mm-hmm. Okay. You so Yeah, but you, can't, but
1: you can't really go back the other way. Right. So, right. Um, you can't it can knock frames. it down and it's going to blend. It's what it's going to do is blend some of the frames together and just kind of get you down to that 30. Um yeah, there's ways to do that. When it exports, again, a lot of uh, the online video services are not even going to play the video at 60 frames per second. Hmm. So um, it's going to knock it down to whatever it wants to play it at for its the best streaming experience you can get. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. so I mean, these are two good points to bring up mainly in this particular deep dive because, as you said, you're kind of stuck with what space you have on your mobile phone. And yeah. You know, you can't add more. You know, you can't add more space to your mobile phone. Uh, you can have an external drive. You can have other mm. things that allowed you to store. But this is one of the things that uh, you're going to be a little stuck. You can't just add another SD card. I mean, depending on what kind yeah. of phone you're using. So, really think this. Well, through and most advance.
1: phones have moved away from that. I mean, it, it used to be. I think some. You know, some of the more uh, the Android phones. You know, did have some options for SD cards and slots yep. to go on them. A lot of the phone manufacturers are moving away from as many movable parts on these phones. So as few ports as possible, as few additional uh, pieces. In general, because I think the idea is that, well, the 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 storage we provide on the phones is is pretty good for 90 plus percent of the general population. Yeah. It's just <clears throat> those people that want to use it for more, shoot more video on it or have more use of it. Uh, But you're right. There's not terribly easy or, you know, to have external storage with you on a phone. You can. I mean, there are tools to do it. You could attach additional devices to your phone and have additional storage areas. And especially in Android, uh, you can customize that a lot more. iPhone is going to be a little more locked down, but there are still ways to do it. It's just not as easy and not as convenient. And if the whole reason you wanted to go with a camera phone is just to have the one device with you that you could just pull out and go kind of defeats the purpose if you got to hook up an external little dongle and drive and configure everything that way. So. And Let's, so this um, may be the, yeah. the
0: one back when we talked about uh, uh, having mobile phones and how, you know, personally, I always get the smallest amount of storage space on my mobile phone when I buy it because I tend to export everything out on, save it on the cloud, try to keep as little as possible. If you're someone that's getting a new phone and is thinking video, you probably want to go the opposite, right? You probably want to go ahead and not necessarily maximize, but I probably get a larger a larger uh, storage hard drive uh, on that uh, on that phone so that you're not regretting it later. Yeah.
1: Well, and that is kind of my philosophy on it is I do typically try to go the largest storage I can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do upload all of my stuff to the cloud. Yes, I, I, I'm i pretty good, as you know, about backing up my, my footage and all. But um, I still, it scares me to death to think that I'm going to go somewhere and there's an event and I want to shoot it at 4K and it could be two hours long of footage. And the, the idea of running out of space uh, scares me. So yeah. yeah. Um, Photos I would not be as worried about because I could go, you could go out and shoot hundred photos at a at a time, and once the photos are done, they could be automatically backing up or going up on the cloud right away. A video you could be recording for hours on a, at a time, so the idea of that automatically going up to the cloud and being stored is a whole other issue. So um, I, I go with the large space for that reason for video and video only. So. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, that was a little bit of a refresher of some things we talked about in the last episode. Let's talk truly you have a camera phone that you want to shoot video on. Uh so let's talk through some some things and notes and do's and don'ts to be aware of when you start to go out there and ready to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, I'm gonna bring up first off something that may be a little controversial. Okay. Yeah. I'm all for stirring up controversy on the show. Let's do it. You let's know that. do it. Um, shooting vertical, ooh, ooh. and I'm going to talk about why you should never, ever do this. <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean, by... you
0: mean, you mean vertical as in pull your phone and keep it upright? Like
1: all of us tend right. to do. I'm yeah. not talking vertical in the way that you yourself are standing. Cause I do recommend standing <laughs> vertical. vertically to shoot your video, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about the orientation of the phone. Okay. Um, so you can. On all phones these days, uh, shoot your video in either landscape or vertical. Landscape is where you would have to turn your phone to the side uh, to make it resemble more of a TV screen, and that's where you shoot your video. So it fills the entire width of the screen, and it's kind of like the same, similar dimensions to a TV screen. Or you can turn your phone in a more natural position for using the phone in a vertical position, where it is taller than it is wider. Um, If people are shooting video and you're watching the video on Instagram on your phone or even Facebook on your phone, you'll see it in that same vertical orientation and it looks pretty good uh, uh, on those mobile devices and mobile apps. However, if you take that vertical video you just shot and you decide you want to airplay it or show it up on your TV screen. Uh, guess what? It is going to fill a very, very, very small portion of your TV screen because your TV is landscape. Your TV is horizontal. It is not vertical. So there will be big black bars, boxes on the side of your video. And it's going to be a little frustrating because it's not going to be as easy to see. Mm -hmm. Now, the controversy here is that I can already hear some people saying, "But," but I like sharing my video on Facebook or on Instagram and everybody who watches it watches it with their vertical phone. And, uh, that's what I want. If you, if you feel like, yes, that is the exclusive way you want people to experience your video, then sure vertical video, go for it, knock yourself out. But, uh, I I'm much more of someone who would rather have the greatest flexibility in how my video is going to be seen and where, and to me, landscape gives me the greatest flexibility. I can still watch landscape video on my, on my phone. I can just play it and turn it my phone sideways. And now I'm watching landscape video with uh, shooting vertically. You don't really have that much of a, you don't have that many options. So that's why I personally don't feel like people should ever shoot vertical video. I don't like vertical video. I, that is a, it is a personal preference. I get that. I just do want people to realize that when you shoot vertically, you are somewhat limiting yourself on the number of places it could play and get the full the full screen experience. Hmm. Brian, do you have a take at all on vertical versus horizontal video? Are you gonna throw your hat in the ring in this hotbed of controversy no. that I've just kicked up here? You know what I
0: <clears throat> I would really like to say that I I love and appreciate all of our listeners and I really don't want to discriminate against the, you know, the half, I mean, you know, the two or three people that do shoot vertical video. <clears throat> we love you. We want you to be part of the brother and sisterhood. And, uh, and I don't want to, to
1: discourage that. Um, that is so weak. <laughs> Brian Jackson's running, Brian Jackson's running for political office in 2020 oh, and yeah. he's going to stay completely out of the fray.
0: Yeah, no, no, here's what I would say. There is nothing more frustrating than, uh, so my wife and I, uh, if we're let's say we're, we're, uh, in the evening, we're we're both kind of scrolling through our phones as we tend to do at, at certain points of the night. If one of us wants to show a video that we're seeing on uh, our phone and we airplay it up to our TV, there's really nothing more frustrating than throwing it up there and not really being able to see it, and it being such a skinny. Uh, sliver of the TV and then we try to flip our phones to see if that'll do it and it doesn't do it. And it's, you just can't get a correct uh, orientation to be able to see it. Right. So I am with you in that if you, if you think that your video is something that would be be enjoyed on many different screens, it's a better move to to film it um, uh, in the horizontal, the landscape. Um, So Alan, do you, I mean, I assume, this may be a stupid question, but the horizontal look of a TV screen and of a uh, uh, a computer monitor and of a uh, movie screen, those aren't going to change anytime soon, right? I mean, no, no. one's looking at a different orientation, no. a vertical orientation movie screen, right? Because that's the way our eyes are are created right that we see things wider than we do tall so we're always going yeah, to have
1: if that, you right? if you look straight ahead just with your own eyes right now the general view you're seeing is more horizontal than it is vertical that yeah. is a more natural view for us now the closest i mean i know we're getting off on a tangent here about i love talking about this stuff um the the more uh, the closest we're seeing that maybe movie theaters are trying different dimensions is imax imax films mm-hmm. are taller than the traditional films uh, that we see in a movie theater. Uh, so they are a little more closer to a box size as opposed to a widescreen uh, landscape box. But that's that's the closest we've gotten is uh, them playing with IMAX dimensions a little bit more. Again, TV sets, computer monitors, laptop screens, landscape is kind of the natural way we're all working with it. The phone has really just kind of now started us thinking about Looking at things vertically. But again, I think we do that because web pages are typically better vertically than horizontally yeah. in a lot of places. Reading is more vertical than horizontal. So that's where the phone has kind of adapted to that. So, yeah. and then holding it for a phone, and it's it a makes more sense holding. to hold it in a vertical position. So yeah. it's complicated things when it comes to video. There's a lot of people online who just hate vertical video and are making all the memes about how much they hate it. Uh, I get frustrated with it too. Um, so my recommendation to people is shoot landscape and uh, people will always be able to watch it landscape and it looks good landscape. If you shoot vertical, you just are gonna be limiting yourself to the best experience that people can have with that video. So, yeah.
0: so if you're a vertical, if you're a vertical shooter, you're just you, you're out of luck because you're living in a landscape world. So the man is That's keeping true. you down.
1: Damn the man. You know, and uh, we still love you. I mean, we we love you, but uh, I, we are going to set up a hotline for people that are challenged by vertical video syndrome, and they can call and we can talk you through it. We can really help you understand, you know, how to move away from vertical. I know it's tough. It's really, really tough. I get it. But um, vertical video. We're here to help. VBS. <laughs> yeah. VBS. VBS. We'll
0: see a, a new, you know. Commercial regarding medication for VBS. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay, Alan. So
0: let me <laughs> let me ask uh, let me ask you to to help me out with a little bit more. So let's say that I have converted and I say, okay, I'm going to use my mobile phone for video, and I have begrudgingly decided yes, I'm going to do horizontal video. To so tell me some of the simple things, right? So can I just pull my phone out of my pocket? I've already, you already told me about the resolution. So I know the resolution and frame rate, right? Yeah. Is there anything that I can do differently to make sure that that's a better quality picture than...
1: Yeah there are there are some things and you're right so let's say you've already got your settings all set and you feel good about what you're going to be shooting frame rate and resolution and all that and you are a landscape shooter so we're we're going to accept that uh, from you um here's a couple things really really key this 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 is so simple i think i may have mentioned in the last episode i don't recall i carry a little microfiber cloth and they they typically will come with some phones, or maybe you would have gotten them in the past if you've got like a screen protector to put on your phone, they may come with little microfiber, little cloths, little small, little cloths that are meant for cleaning your phone screens. But I use them and I think a lot of people should use them for cleaning the lenses on your camera. Um, we are, If you're going to use your mobile phone as your camera, that mobile phone could be in your pocket, could be in your bag, it could be anywhere else which means that lens, if it's not covered, is susceptible to smudges and fingerprints and dirt and grime and anything else. Having that little cloth will clean it off. You may look at your phone and pull up your video camera and you didn't clean your lens and it looks fine to you. Okay, great, you got really fortunate there. But if you're shooting something that has light bulbs in it, lights in the background, uh, anything with light sources and you, you have a dirty lens, you're going to see lines and trails and all over your, your image, and it's really going to, going to hurt it. So that is one challenge where we don't really have built-in lens caps or anything to protect that lens unless you specifically add something to your phone. So in, in, in lieu of that, I say carry that little microfiber cloth with you. Just use it to gently wipe off your lens before you start shooting, and it will, it will help dramatically right away so especially if there's light sources in your shot you will you will see the difference for sure and then also too you know everybody loves to put their phone in a case it's a good idea cases are great they help protect your phone but some cases can be a little obstructing of your actual camera lens your 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 camera uh, what your camera sees so i'd really take a close look at your shot when you have it if there's a case on there and if the case in, in any way is obstructing some of your lens on your camera, on, on your outward facing camera, just be mindful of that. And uh, you may not realize it unless you look carefully, there could be a line along the side of your camera. There could be a little bit of a cutoff image because of the case. Uh, most cases are pretty good. If you got one meant for your phone, your phone model, it will make sure that the, the camera lens is cut out carefully. But if you're using one that's a little more of a universal case, or maybe one you're using with your phone that's maybe for a slightly different version of your phone, but you got yep. it to work okay, that's the ones you got to be careful about. I, I have an iPhone 10. I'm technically using a camera, a, a a case that has a battery built in that's meant for an iPhone XS. You know, yeah. But they said it will work with an iPhone 10, and it does fit. It's just a slight little, uh, slight little adjustment around the camera i had to kind of make sure it just doesn't peek out over the camera lens a little yep. bit yeah um, so just be mindful of that lens uh, the uh, case that you're using and make sure it's not blocking anything on your right. camera lens yeah and
0: oftentimes the thicker the case the the more problematic that can be so you want to make sure yep. that's
1: yeah that's nothing the... but you know once you get past all that brian let's say you've got clean lens you've got your landscape video you're you're good to go out and shoot um, and I don't want to go too deep into creative aesthetics when we talk about um, shooting video. I mean, it's, uh, shooting film or video or anything with motion is, is really a, a, it's an artistic choice on how you make that shot look and how you frame it, and where people are in the frame. The thing that I will say just to be mindful of, unlike photography, Brian, you talked to us about how sometimes you know when you're shooting photos, Obviously, when we do some editing later, we can crop our photos, meaning we yep. can take parts of it out. So if we got this great, big, wide wide shot of a whole thing, but we really want to crop it down to just this one element in the photo, it's very easy to do that. Honestly, you could do that on your phone as soon as you shoot the photo in most cases. Cropping in video is a whole nother ball of wax, though. It is not an automatic, easy thing to do because what you're doing is you're having to basically re-render an entire video. If you do any kind of cropping, and it's gonna throw off the dimensions and it's not always gonna play as easily on other devices. So really, you kinda of need to shoot your video with the assumption that what you're putting in your video frame, that is what's gonna be in your video. So you have to be a little more intentional, I'd say, on making sure the frame of what you're capturing in your video is what you wanna have. Um, if there's somebody at the side of your video that you feel like you'd wanna cut out eventually, go ahead and assume you need to reposition your camera to get them out of the shot now, because again, editing and cropping videos is not as seamless and easy to do as, as it is a digital photograph.
0: So it's, so it's not going to be easy for me to film landscape, but then crop it so that I can, you know, make my vertical video brethren happy. It's (laughs) not easy to do. Well, I mean,
1: there's absolutely ways to do it using some editing software and all that you can, it's just you know. keep in mind that you just shot 30 to 60 frames per second of maybe 30 seconds of video. So you start doing the multiplication. That's a lot of processing. Lot of it has to now go and do and kind of create a whole new video file in your editing software or whatever editing app you use. You can certainly do it. But if you shot it at HD resolution 1080 by 1920 by default, And then you crop it. Now you're looking at less than HD quality for what you, what you have. And is the dimension going to match up with your video screen, wherever you're going to play it. It's just a lot of, it causes some complications. Yep. Um, So I think we typically don't recommend cropping video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. So, and then of course, you know, you could always look up if you really want to get into some great videography on your phone, some different, uh, uh, camera tools, or camera apps may have things where you can overlay like uh, guidelines on your screen. Like uh, there's a kind of a, an idea of a rule of thirds. You have it in photography too, Brian, where you don't always want to have the person's face. If you're shooting someone exactly dead set in the middle, you may creatively not want to have that. You want to have them a little bit off to the side. So the idea of the rule of thirds is if you were to divide your entire screen into equal thirds on with vertical lines, You want that main subject or that person or face to be on one of those two lines uh, that divides it into thirds. So there are different camera apps that will actually have some overlays that you could say, show me what the rule of thirds looks like on my screen. It's not going to record those lines on your video. It's just showing you on the viewfinder. So you can try to position people into a good spot in the screen to where uh, you're going to be happy with the results afterwards. Yeah. I don't know, if I don't think the, the, the default iPhone camera will do some of those overlays, but if you use a different camera app um, for your shooting video, uh, many of them will give you some of those those overlays, ways to kind of structure your shot a little bit more carefully. All right. Um, Brian, I've got some more stuff to share about shooting video on your camera phone, such as audio and lighting and zooming and all But wanted to take a quick little break first before we do that. So, we are going to break for just a moment. When we come back, I'm going to pick back up with some of these more, a little bit more specific aspects of shooting video on your camera phone. So, uh, this has been Brothers in Tech. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit TheJacksonCreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. Just as a reminder, you're listening to this podcast through the Mesh.tv Podcast Network. And we have all of our back episodes of Brothers in Tech available on all the different podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere where you can find podcasts. We should be there. Um, And we encourage you to subscribe if you like what you're hearing, if you want to catch up with future episodes whenever we post them. You can subscribe to the show and make sure you never miss out on the two of us. Talking just like we've been doing here this episode already. If this is what if this is thrilling me? and exhilarating for you, I want you to subscribe <laughs> to make sure you never miss another one. Brian, we were talking about shooting video on your camera phone as kind of a deep dive episode yes. off of our digital video. Are you still with me? Are you still right You know what? I mean, I feel
0: like I'm a little tired from having to contribute so much to this episode. Um, yes. Uh, but on that note, I do, I do want to say, cause there's very little, I can contribute to this episode, but um, while we took our break, I did kind of fact check you a little bit. And okay. um, it does look like on an iPhone that you can throw the grid on your screen. screen. Oh, there is. A yeah. screen okay. So if you go in the, if you go in the settings and you go down to the camera, uh, the camera uh, setting uh, folder, you'll see a, a grid option, turn that on. And um, you mentioned about potentially using the rule of thirds, which I think is good. Um, but also I think just having the grid up there might be very helpful if you're something someone that's going to have to potentially keep um, uh, the horizon
1: in place, want to make sure that you're filming video the correct way. So the it'll put do a grid up there, which, you know, a grid will help you you know, you can use the grid to kind of identify that rule of thirds because it does do two vertical lines going down the screen. If you're shooting horizontally and it does two across. So in general, you know, having, if you want to follow that rule of thirds, it's putting your subject on one of those two vertical lines. Right. Um, Right. But you can also apply it to the height of your video too, and making sure you've got something uh, that's, you know, it gives you some creative options. So, very cool. I yeah. And, then, that, yes, and then also, the, just,
0: and I think more for photography, but just making sure that you don't have to edit your video later to get the orientation correct. You know, I know yeah. in photos, it's easier. If you can straighten them out a little later. But, um, you know, I'd imagine with video, that's going to be kind of a nightmare if you come back later and realize that you were crooked through most of your video and you didn't see it until later that's a good point yeah
1: yeah so if you're shooting like a nice landscape and you really like like you're shooting a body of water yeah and you really want to make sure it's straight you can line the top of that body of water with the grid to make sure you got a flat uh, flat surface there good call so
0: alan i'm going to go back to sleep now so go ahead and uh, carry on
1: okay I'll just wake you up when I'm done. That's okay. Right, thanks. Thank so you. Just uh, keep the headphones on so I can just yell really loud and wake you up when we're ready. <laughs> All right. So those of you still listening to me talking about shooting video on your camera phone, I do want to go into some more specifics because here are some things that I think trip up a lot of people when they do start shooting video with their camera phone. As much as I love shooting video on a camera phone, there are some things that you have to understand or some trade-offs or caveats. One of them is going to be audio. Now, You know, most video needs audio, not all. You may be shooting something where video is not important. You may be shooting some landscapes or scenic shots and the audio is not really that important for you. But if you're shooting anything with people talking or music or anything else, then audio does become a little more of an important issue. Um, The audio microphone on your camera phone is pretty good. For what it is, it is going to capture everything it can capture in front of the uh, of the of the microphone, the microphone is typically right where the camera lens is, you see like a little pinhole uh, on your lenses, that's typically where the microphone is. So anything in front of that microphone, it's going to try to capture and process and record audio wise. And I'm generally surprised at how well the audio sounds when you record something just with the natural microphone on your phone. However, if you were doing something where somebody's talk, a speech, for example, or somebody's presentation was really important to get good audio, and your camera is a good 15, 20 feet away, for example, from that person you're shooting, uh, the audio may not be great. You may be getting some echo. You may be getting some uh, just muffling of the sound, depending on how far you are away from them. So audio is important to kind of keep in mind. There are some ways to get around this audio issue but it doesn't require a little bit more gear okay so if you don't want to go to getting more gear to record different ways of doing audio just know that there are going to be some some restrictions with the built-in audio always i recommend if you're shooting anybody who's talking and you just have the audio mic on your phone get as close as you can to them to make sure that the audio is going to record as best as possible However, if you are really interested in getting better audio for your, your, your phone device, uh, they do make a nice array of external microphones that will plug into your phone. These are typically uh, microphones that uh, either come with a converter to go from their USB connection into the either lightning port or if you're whatever port you're using on your Android device. And most, uh, if they're meant for also being used on a mobile device, then your, your camera phone will see that microphone right away and go to recording to that or using that microphone as its input instead of its own built-in microphone on the phone. So you can get some of these $40, 50 $60 or more, and they're really good microphones, and they will record the audio directly into your camera phone so that it becomes now your audio that you, that you got captured. I do recommend if you really want to pay attention to audio and you're going to have people talking or speeches or interviews, you need to go that route. That would be your best route for getting uh, audio going. Mm-hmm. I'll say, too, that there's a little bit of a trick, something I've pulled off in some situations, uh, if I have it available. Uh, if I really need to get good, clean audio from somebody, but I, I can't have my camera super close to them or I still want to have some distance, um, I've actually used a second phone camera, second video phone camera to uh, to actually record the audio. So let's say if you've got somebody else with you, a friend or colleague, they have a phone also with a with a video camera on it. You could place that really, really close to who's talking, just hidden out of the shot. you know, maybe it's uh, on a table, maybe it's uh, just out of the frame, but really close to them talking and record the video camera just like you would. It's not important what the video is. It's just recording the audio for them. This does require you to do some editing afterwards, taking the audio from camera two and matching it with the video for camera one. So that gets into a whole other issue of, you know, editing and software to do use for that. But I will say if this is something important to you and you are going to start shooting a lot of video on your camera phone and you want really good audio, but you don't want to carry around a microphone, maybe just utilizing a second phone may be your best option and figuring out how to stitch that together later on. Um, Because the closer you get these camera phone microphones to the person, the subject or whatever you're trying to record, the audio does improve dramatically. So proximity is good uh, when it comes to the microphone. Um, The other thing, Um, I'm sorry, Brian, you have a question there?
0: Sorry, I, I... I woke up just enough to hear. I was going to say, uh, you
1: kind of audio stirred there. on the camera here a bit. So I'm happy to have you back with us. What so can if, I help you with, Brian? If, if I am going to
0: use a second phone to do audio, can you just do voice recording so that you're not taking video? Yep. Okay. Very and good point. We can yep. stitch that together pretty easily. I mean, very you good probably, call. I'm yes. assuming that you will want to, I, ha- I haven't done that before. I haven't kind of tried to, <clears throat> to align an audio track with, a video after the fact and i assume that's why when you get when you video people you know movies and things when you start a, a scene you have a, a click so is that something that allows you to line those things up a little later and do you need something it like is that, you suggest that
1: yeah and and uh we're, we're maybe skipping ahead a little bit because i know i will be talking about video editing in a future deep dive but yes brian you're exactly right if you're shooting with multiple cameras at a time There is going to be, it is very, very helpful to have uh, some sort of clapper sound or some sort of click sound or some sort of fast, uh, quick, quick noise that you can use to sync everything up later. Um, That is helpful. Although most of the software I use, the editing software I use, is smart enough that if I gave it two pieces of video or two audio recordings and say, hey, I want to get these matched up it's, it's automatically going to match it up for me regardless of if I had a clacker sound or not. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a, it's just, it's a little trick and again, it does require a little more work on the back end. but let's say you're doing a great interview with a loved one, maybe someone who's just got a great story to tell and you really want to make sure you capture it and you get the best audio, but you didn't want to have the camera just right there at their face. You want to have a little further away. Maybe they're sitting in a nice big, scenic area and you want to have that whole scenic area, then having that, that camera phone recording audio really close to them is going to make a huge, huge difference. More work on the back end, but it does make a big difference. Um, again, if you don't want to go to that length of having a second phone or an external microphone, I would just say, just make sure your camera phone is as close to the subject as you can get, still making your shot look the way you want it to look. So, and audio is not
0: something that you can change the settings on much for a camera or for a phone i haven't noticed any audio setting changes okay no
1: they really don't it's only because i think they're they're very limited in what the microphone can be inside the the device i mean if you look at the pinhole on the back of your phone where that microphone is it's really small so they are there's probably not a lot of variation they can give you as far as quality level or types of audio options you've got on your microphone. It pretty much is, it is what it is. You're going to get what you're going to get off your camera phone audio. Mm -hmm. Lighting is also a little bit of a similar situation, Brian, in that lighting can be a little treacherous sometimes when you're shooting on a mobile phone, your mobile phone will do the best it can do with your lighting. Okay. That is one of the nice things about shooting on a digital, uh, camera or camera phone is because it is really going to try to work overtime and be as smart as it can to give you the best shot it can. Just like on a photograph video is the same way. If it sees that there is a, a really, really bright light source, it's going to try to tone down your shot. So it's not overblown and blown out white. It's going to be smart about the things, but, uh, But at the same time, it's a computer trying to tell you what kind of shot it thinks you ought to have. And it may not be the shot you want to get. So uh, understanding your lighting is important. I I generally recommend that you pay a lot of attention to your lighting. And if uh, if you're talking to somebody on a video shot and you're getting them talking and they're standing in front of a bright window with a lot of sunlight, they're going to be really, really dark on the screen and hard to see. So it's just a matter of just getting them positioned into a different spot, just really taking the time to look at how your phone is going to capture that video with the lighting that you've got. Um, you know, I, I don't think for most cases it's necessary to take external lights or additional light kits with you because these camera phones shoot really, really good. in Most all lighting situations. You, you just need to be a little more intentional about how you're positioning your shot. And, uh, not being in front of bright windows, not having some really bright lights right behind a person that can show um, and just making sure that, you know, what you see on your viewfinder looks really good, that the the, the person or thing that you're shooting is very visible and stands out and, and it can be seen easily. Um, I don't recommend using the built-in light or flash on the camera itself. You know, these camera phones do have a flash and for video, you can actually set it to where that it becomes your, light it'll light up and stay on when you're shooting video to kind of give you some better brightness they generally don't do a great job the only time i think i've ever used the built-in light on your camera phone is if i'm outside pitch dark and i'm trying to shoot something that looks (laughs) that looks a little more like the blair witch project i mean it's just you know truly we're out in the pitch dark and we just have this really small little light to just show only what's right in front of us and it gives us a little bit of a, <laughs> a creepy feel to it. Uh, that comes in handy, but otherwise, I'd, I haven't really found a good application for that camera light to be on.
0: And now, yeah,
1: lighting is important. Yeah. So
0: if you, if you want to tweak the lighting on a phone, yeah, you can do that a little bit, right? There are some options to be able to to do a slight screen
1: and things. yeah, there are some ways. And this, I will say, this is something I I find a lot of people have tricky time doing. Yeah. Because it is a little more, uh, it, it takes some coordination to get this right. But when you are shooting video with your phone, keep in mind your phone is your viewfinder. I mean, that is what you're seeing is what you're getting, what you're looking on your phone. That is what's being recorded. It is possible to, while you're positioning your video camera before you start recording or even while you're recording, to make some adjustments to what the screen looks like or what your video is going to look like, mainly when it comes to lighting and focus. So you can actually touch your screen, touch and hold in different places, the point of the the part of your your video frame that you really want to help. So for example, if you want to focus on a certain thing, you can touch, uh, it's going to be a little different between iPhone and Android, but the idea is you're generally touching your screen to the spot where you want to better your focus or better your lighting. And the camera will do some readjustments to adapt to that spot you're touching on the screen. So let's say if you are shooting someone and there is some light in the background and they are a little darker because of that, they're a little more shadowed, you could touch the person themselves on your viewfinder screen and the camera will try to work as it best it can to focus on that person, which may mean it may try to brighten them up and it will also make sure that they're focused on uh, before you shoot. It, it's challenging because again, you're the viewfinder is how you're viewing the shot. So to be sitting there and touching it and holding it and moving the finger around while you're recording is is cumbersome for a lot of people. It's very difficult to do, but it is an opportunity to uh, to allow you to do that. Um, now, of course, you know. If you had a larger screen like an iPad or tablet, you might have a little more flexibility with it. It's still the same mechanics. You're still having to touch your viewfinder screen, which is still a very awkward way to do it. But, yes, you could absolutely, um, the larger the screen you have to work with, the better your, your flexibility is going to be with that. Yeah. But, but you're touching the screen and having it change adjustments uh, based on the person or subject that you're trying to focus on. Your camera will do the best job it can do, uh, in making that shot look as good as possible.
0: Yeah. So I, this is one of the things that I have not liked about trying to do either photography or video on a phone, is the controls tend to require you to touch the phone, which tends to then require you to move your phone, right? And oftentimes there's a little jiggle to the phone, so um, it's tough. Less with some other. Other things. That's one of the challenges, I think. Um, so if you're if you're thinking about, you know, composing a video and saying that part of the video is where I want to focus, do that before you press record, or be prepared to kind of trim that part out, right? Because if you're yeah. going up there and touching it after you've already started recording, you're going to get a little movement in your in your camera and you start losing mm-hmm. some of the stability right so or yeah you
1: kind of want to go ahead and get your for your shots set up before you hit record because yeah if you start touching your screen and making adjustments um then that's gonna it's gonna be really hard to keep your your, your camera phone stable and yep. keep the shot focused and again i've seen a lot of videos where people you can see people start shooting their video And then they're making some adjustments on the screen and the camera's just kind of going all over the place while they're doing it. Then they're trying to get settled back again. And it's just, uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough. You know, I, I've tried to get better with the idea of making adjustments on my phone while I'm recording. It's still tough for me to do though. So I try to get the best shot I can beforehand. And then, uh, just to make sure that, you know, I, I, I leave those settings in place before I go forward. Um, Well, again, the camera is going to try to do the best it can, which is, again, why most people still prefer to use a camera phone to do their videos, because, yeah, that camera is going to work overtime. The computer brains are really going to try to work hard to get you the best shot you can get without any adjustments. Um, Now, when we get to our brothers in tech suggestions, Brian, um, in a little while at the end of the show, I will be telling you about a pick that I think is going to help. With people who do want more control over their shot and need, uh, really want it to get it exactly the way they want it, uh, I'll have an app that I think might work for you.
0: So we just mentioned how touching the screen might make the phone move and you start losing some of that stability. Can we take a second and 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 talk about how to increase that stability? So obviously, it seems like tripod is kind of a an obvious way, right? We've talked about that when in our last section with photography, if you're going to use a phone, get a tripod for your phone, even if it's a small, tiny one that can go sit on top of a, you know, a window seal or something. But, um,
1: and I even gave a brothers in tech suggestion during one of those episodes about a simple little mount that you can buy that will actually screw into the top of your tripod and meant for a, uh, to hold your phone. It's meant for that purpose. You can get those very inexpensively, but that using a tripod with some sort of mount for your phone on the top is automatically going to be your safest, most stable way to get a shot if you want the shot to be steady and static. Now, if you want the shot to be moving, like you're following someone and it's handheld, yeah. the cameras do a pretty good job with internal stabilization, meaning that you know even if you're running, uh, they're going to do the best they can do to keep that shot steady. Uh, I remember right off the bat, uh, I took my family to the Grand Canyon a couple years ago and we rented some bikes and we're riding the bikes along the edge of the canyon. And I actually had my camera phone and I kind of just rigged it up with some tape to be in the front of the bicycle and we're riding the bike and as we're hitting bumps and everything else on the trail, the camera phone stabilization was so good that it just looked like we were just kind of gliding Mm. as we were riding the bike. So stabilization, it does a really good job built in the phones, but Brian, you may want more stabilization. You want to make sure you get rid of all shakiness and bumps and anything else too. And you want to be moving. You don't want to have a static shot with a tripod. So that's when you could bring in the idea of a gimbal Uh, gimbal. You've seen them before. I'm sure it's this, little handheld uh, contraption that where the phone is kind of tied into it and it's using gyroscopes and other, other mechanics to keep the phone always stable and steady. Even if you're moving your hand around or you hit bumps or anything, it's going to try to keep it as steady as possible. And you can really run, walk, move around with it. And it's going to keep it at a level, level, steady uh, point of view. It looks great. Yeah. it's similar to what, you know, drones use, that kind of idea that when you're having a drone on it with a camera on it, it's using the same kind of mechanics to kind of keep that shot as steady and clean as possible. But the difference with a gimbal is you are actually holding it and you can move it around. Um, so there's some great ones out there uh, for some gimbals to work with if that's something of a personal need that you may have. Um and Alan what yeah tripods one? and gimbals are kind of the two the two yeah. ways other than just the internal image stabilization that your camera phones going to try to use automatically which again is gonna be pretty good but um we still recommend a tripod or gimbal if you really want a super steady shot
0: and what is it what is it called when you have um, you have a camera that can be moved in one direction like uh, like s- slides across a a track what is what is that called yeah
1: Uh, it's some different terms but they like a glide track or uh, on some on some on some uh, rails of some sort they make these uh, things you've probably seen them again too uh, different photographers might use where it's like a track it's like maybe a couple feet long and you can screw it on the top of a tripod and it actually allows you to move your, your glide your phone across and what it's really doing is it's giving you a It's giving you some motion where your camera is moving from side to side, but it's also because it's on these tracks and it's not handheld. It's really nice and smooth. So you see a lot of people using those. Sometimes you use them for zooming. If you want to zoom in, you're actually going to run the camera up the track towards your subject. Um, And they're actually becoming pretty affordable too, pretty easy to get some of these. And you screw them into the top of a traditional tripod, and then you have a clamp to put your phone in. And it allows your phone to move, and it just gives a great professional effect. I mean, if you really want to make your video look awesome, that's the way to do it. Yeah, um, cool. we uh, we used them in a short film we were shooting just recently. I've seen them used in like you know car photography, videography, where somebody's kind of moving down the side of their car and just a real nice dramatic effect using one of these kind of uh, uh, tracks. And again, I'm forgetting the more technical term for. I know there's an actual name. Yeah. For it. Yeah. I'm just forgetting. I think it's, I mean, I think it's a glide, right. glide track. Slide,
0: slider or glide glider yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah.
1: I'm sure somebody will call in and write in and, and tell us for sure. Or you may fact check me by the end of the episode and I, let me know what I was. Well, running. since I have nothing else to
0: do in this episode. <laughs> so I do that. so now, yeah, I so staying steady is important. Absolutely. Can I ask one more question you mentioned about you could use one of these, you know, gliders or sliders or whatever to get a zooming effect why not just pinch the back of your, of your phone and do kind of a digital zoom? Is
1: there a problem with that? Oh, and what's the Well, because that would be crazy, yeah. Brian, that would be crazy. You don't want to do that. Um, if you recall to our previous conversation, which I'm sure you were wide awake for Brian, oh, right. um, I talked extensively about how digital zooming, zooming on your camera is generally not a great idea. Um, you actually educated me on the photography discussions we had, Brian, about how the reason why that zooming doesn't always work is because the camera is so small and the distance between the lens and the, the image capturing unit capturing the image is so tight, it doesn't give you a lot of room to zoom in your image. If you try to digitally zoom in on your phone for video, it's going to have the same effect as if you were shooting, doing it for photography. It's going to become more pixelated. It's going to become blockier, not going to be as sharp. Um, so generally speaking, it's not a good move. Now, that being said, you know, newer phones uh, like the iPhone 11 and uh, some of the newer Galaxy phones have multiple lenses. And one of those lenses is meant for more of a, a zoomer or a, a, a closer in uh, lens. So that's going to do better. Than older phones did, but still you're going to hit a certain point where if you try to zoom to a certain point beyond, you can tell it's now kicked into digital zoom and it's just not going to look as good. We gave the example that if you were going to the zoo and you wanted to use your camera phone to zoom in as far as you could onto the animals that are really far away from you, it's not going to be a great choice. It's just, you're not going to be really happy with the results, I don't think. Um, So we generally say avoid the digital zoom on your camera. Yeah. Uh, I know this isn't always practical, but the best rule of thumb is if you need to get closer to the thing you're filming, then get closer to the fifth thing you're filming. And that's what you need to try to do. I know that's not always possible, but if it is possible, that's what you need to do with shooting on a camera phone. Um, because it will look better. It just, it's, uh yeah, we, we, we generally know with our stuff, we don't zoom on our phones. We just don't do it. If we need to get closer, we move the camera closer. Uh, If there is a need for a zoom shot, we will find some other way to do it, either using a glider-type track (laughs) to move the camera closer as we go into a shot. Um, That's a much safer way, and it's going to look a lot better than trying to do it digitally on the phone itself.
0: Okay, so fact check. Um, Yeah. I think, yeah, slider... I think I've yeah. seen gliders work as well, rails, right? Just using yeah. kind of photography rails. But then also and I think they're a little different, right? Dollies. Right. Dollies are usually where you're moving as a roller, right? Is that right? Okay. Yeah.
1: Dolly is a little more of a, like you've actually, it's typically you're moving an entire rig on rails. Yeah. So, you know, and you're kind of a dolly track, you're trying to figure out where your shot's going to go. These we're talking about are, are smaller. They are dollies in a sense, but they're much smaller. They're meant for just simple glide movements gets yeah. on the top of a tripod. And I'm, I'm still amazed when I see those that, you know, even a glide track that may only be two feet wide or two feet long, when you do some gliding with your camera and you can even turn your camera a little bit while you're doing it it gives you really impressive results so yeah, um, yeah that's cool if you really want to get some creative shots with your phone that's a cool way to do it it really is yeah um,
0: yeah and there's some i was noticing there are some cool ones just that are can be controlled via bluetooth maybe by another mm-hmm. another phone you know to be able to move and so you're not touching it you're not you're yeah. not shaking it at all yeah there's some It's cool
1: stuff. It's it's really, really good stuff. So that's that's really the kind of everything we wanted to cover when talking about shooting video on your camera phone. I think some again, kind of to recap, just make sure everybody's on the same page with stuff. Check your resolution, check your frame rate, check your settings to make sure you're recording it the level you want. And again, my recommendation is shoot at the highest level you feel comfortable doing, given your space requirements on your phone. But I'd rather shoot high quality and knock it down later than to start at low quality and be stuck there. Um, Keeping your lens clean with a microfiber cloth. Uh, Don't shoot vertically, please. (laughs) If you can at all help it, don't shoot vertically with your phone. Uh, I I say that in joking. PBS. uh, (laughs) I say that partially joking because I realize there's going to be some cases where people do need to shoot vertically for a certain uh, look or feel, but Just if you have a choice, take the time to spin your camera landscape and shoot it that way because you're going to be much happier with the different ways you can use that video. Um, Audio, we talked about some options on audio. Again, just know and understand that the audio on your your camera phone is not going to be perfect. And the closer you can get to what you're recording, the better it's going to be. But you do have some options with external mics and even using a second phone as a remote audio recorder for you. We talked about lighting. We talked about focus and exposure and how to kind of manage those on your phone. And then zooming and staying steady with your shots. Kind of some tips and tricks on that as well. The great news, even despite all of this, we talked about, Brian, is that again, these camera phones are so freaking smart. They're going to get the best shot they can try to get right out of the box. So even if you are just worried that you know, you're going to be somewhere or something's going to happen and you want to get a quick video of it, pull out your phone, hit the record button. It's going to record as good a video as it can given the situations. So it's never, I'm not as worried as I used to be years ago that I was going to pull out my camera phone and hit the record button on my video camera and everything's going to look like garbage afterwards. I just don't have that concern anymore. I know it's going to look about as good as it can look in general. Um, But if you really want to get more careful with your shots and get better quality control, then the things we talked about are some things you may want to keep in mind as you're working on that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I was able yeah. to, to really help you out today, Alan. And uh, yeah, yeah. thanks and,
1: for all the contributions, mm-hmm. Brian. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You, uh, yeah. you really helped to raise this show up to a whole nother level. I think that's is what, what, what I really saw from what you for. did. Yeah. 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 So are you at least going to not let me down by having a pretty good brothers in tech suggestion uh, for us though? I'm, I'm on, I'm on it right? I am on it.
0: So I've got us a bit today. Um, so my brothers in tech suggestion, uh, you just mentioned a little while ago about gimbal, you educated us about what a gimbal is. And, um, uh, and although I unfortunately don't have one of these, uh, I have done a little bit of research on a pretty cool gimbal for a mobile phone and it's the DJI Osmo mobile. Um, and the Osmo I think from what I've read has been really, really popular from mobile gimbals um, for a while they're on, they were on version three as of, I think about a week ago and just now came out with their version four. Um, Really, really cool stuff. So I'm, I've, I'm considering it, you know, if I decide I want to do even some, uh, some photography with, um, uh, with the, the mobile phone. But a gimbal, this is a handheld gimbal, looks like a little, uh, almost like a little uh, toy gun that has mm-hmm. the camera on top. What I really liked about it, Alan, was it It kind of checks a lot of the boxes of what you were talking about earlier, which is, well, the gimbal is going to be nice in that it's going to give you that stable shot, right? It's going to keep it yeah. from being as uh, jiggling around as much, but also it's got a trigger on it, that will Bluetooth to your phone to be able to zoom and and Mm -hmm. pull back. So you don't have to touch the phone, right? You can Mm -hmm. actually click a button, zoom in. So it it becomes more like a camcorder where the camcorder had the little trigger on top, which I think made the zooming a lot smoother. Um, It's got some other cool effects of being able to start and stop your recording without touching the phone. Um, I did see that the new version, which I also like, has a a magnet case on the back of the phone that connects straight to the gimbal. So you don't have Mm -hmm. to screw it in. You can just pop it on with a magnet and go straight to, uh, to recording. So it's the, uh, the Osmo mobile four. Um, and I will say I, I maybe should go ahead and recommend the mobile three, which I know had a lot of good reviews, but now that the mobile four came out and it's about $149, the, they're yeah. selling the mobile three now for much cheaper. So I think you can get it for less than hundred dollars, um, which yeah. is supposedly a which good.
1: Is pricey, you know, for what it is, but yet the quality on it, I mean, I think once you start using it, um, I'd even recommend, I mean, if it it is a little, those things are a little tricky to get set up initially, you've got to do a lot of balancing and there's counterweights involved and a lot of uh, really kind of intricate details you get set up at first. But once you have it configured for your phone, uh, if you can kind of leave it that way, and then you basically, uh, you know, when you go out, you just kind of pop your phone in there and you turn it on. I see a lot of people, you know, using these when they go out on family trips or they yep. use it for any yep. kind of uh, events because it just makes a huge difference in how everything looks. So yeah, I'm absolutely uh, a big fan of the gimbals. I don't use the, uh, I I've got one. It's not the DJI. I have a different brand name. I don't recall offhand the branding, but it works the same way. And yep. uh, I love it. I mean, if I'm going to, if I've got time to set up a shot and I know I've, i I want to get some good footage with my camera phone, I will absolutely strap it in the gimbal and, let it roll. It's yeah. worth the money at that point for me. So. Well, as I said, I haven't
0: used one, but what's, what's funny is I had done, I'd looked this one up, uh, I think last week after our, uh, our last episode. And then just the other night, uh, we went down to the coast to, to do some, uh, some time-lapse photography, uh, at night. And, and I look over on the beach and there's somebody with, and I don't know if it was this one, but it would look very similar to this gimbal he had his, his friends were playing, you know, some sort of game, volleyball game or something. And he was kind of walking around getting video of them doing it. And it was kind of nice because, you know, he wasn't having to put two hands on it, right? He could kind of get lower in a different position he was moving and not having to worry so much about, um, the, the phone being completely steady and, uh. So yeah. yeah, pretty cool way to to grab some good video, I think. So
1: that's great. No, I'm, I'm with you completely. I think the gimbals are a great idea. And yeah, DJI is kind of the the, the, the the standard, I guess, from a brand name standpoint. There are other brands of gimbals, but DJI is kind of getting known as that's the D- one you want to go DGI, with. If you're, um, yeah, DJI. DJI. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yep. Nice. Cool. Um, so let me talk about my pick, my brother's in tech suggestion for the episode. I kind of alluded to a little earlier, but yeah, when you have your camera on your mobile phone, your video camera, you can use just just the default camera app and switch to video mode and shoot video, and it's going to do a pretty good job. Uh, I think you'll be relatively happy with the quality, happy with the controls, does a lot of things automatically, I think it's great. But let's say you really want to do a little more. You really want to get some better quality or better control. You want to do a lot more interesting things with your video camera in general. And maybe you're kind of dabbling in some actual filmmaking. You know, you're not just not just recording family events. You really want to shoot films. You want to make stories. You want to do documentaries, whatever it may be. Um, there is an app that's kind of become a little more of the standard for more professional level video shooting on a mobile phone. And it's called Filmic Pro, F-I-L-M-I-C-P-R-O, Filmic Pro. It's a $15 app on the app store for uh, iPhones. And what this camera app does is basically you can open this app in place of your, your built-in camera, uh, video, uh, video camera app on your phone. And yeah, you could just pull it out and hit the record button and start shooting. But what it also gives you is a ton of features and controls to really, really fine tune what it is you're doing with your shot. You can choose the frame size. So for example, you know, uh, by default, your camera is going to shoot, if you shoot at HD resolution, it's going to shoot a certain frame size, like length and height of the of the picture. But if you notice, like a lot of motion pictures are shot with a much, much wider ratio or uh, some are, you know, there's like widescreen, then there's cinemascope, there's other different frame sizes that films use. You can actually, with this app, choose the actual framing you want. Do you want a more 4x3, which is a more traditional, old, uh, more uh, standard definition frame size? Do you want HD? Or do you want to go like more a cinemascope size frame? And it's going to show you the borders to make sure that your shot is inside the right frame size for what you're wanting. You can change the frame rate uh, within this app so you don't have to go back to your settings on your phone. You can actually stay within the app and change your frame rate. You can change image quality. You have a little more control over audio. Granted, it's you know it, at this point you're probably going to want to use an external microphone if you're really shooting some high quality stuff. But it allows you to control that. And if you are going to use the built-in mics on your phone, it does give you a little bit more control about that than your standard app does. Um, it just it just gives you every bit of control you could possibly need on shooting video. And I will say that there is a lot of there are a lot of filmmakers who are shooting films exclusively on mobile phones, like an iPhone. And when they do, they are using this kind of app. This is the kind of app they're using to do so. Um, the other thing I like about Filmic Pro is the other apps that you can get to go along with it. So Filmic Pro by itself is a great shooting app for shooting video on your mobile phone but you can also add other apps to it that are also made by the same manufacturer and they all work together really nicely so there's one app that allows you to do logging so that's the idea of if you want to track the shots you've taken and let's say if you are shooting like a short film and you had four takes of something somebody saying a line and the third one was the best one the logging basically is a little app you can run on another phone while you're recording and it can kind of talk to the other phone and say, Oh, I know we just shot four, four shots of that. And you can log the third one was the best. And it's going to kind of keep it all matched together and sync together so that your logging kind of goes along with the footage you you captured. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do with another app you can add is you can do that remote control, Brian. So if you want to remote control your camera from another camera or iPad, it'll allow you to do that. It'll talk to the phone. And say, okay, I want to actually control the focus. I want to control the exposure. I want to control the zoom if I need to. I'm going to do that all from this other device. It's called the remote app for Filmic Pro. And that way you can actually control your Filmic Pro camera from another location and not have to get in there and change it with your finger or do any kind of zooming on the app itself on the main camera. Probably, though, my favorite application, if you use the Filmic Pro system, is a Double Take. Double Take is an app they've released that makes use of uh, the multiple lenses that are available on the newer cameras. So your iPhone 11, you've got three lenses, I believe. And what Filmic Pro, the Double Take app will do, is allow you to record video on multiple lenses at the same time. So just imagine what this means, Brian, is that if you're shooting something like, let's say a band is performing in front of you, you've got your widest lens showing the entire band, but your other lens on your phone may be for a better closer up shot. And it may be the lead singer who's closer to the camera and you see them as more of a close up shot. Well, what's going to happen is with this app, you can actually record both of those at the same time. So when you're actually ready to edit it, you could be cutting between the wide shot of the band and the close up of the singer without having to shoot it twice.
0: Wow, that's really cool. The other
1: thing you can do is it could use, as your two cameras, it could use your front lens and your rear lens, meaning your selfie looking at your self lens. So imagine that you could set that up and actually have a two-way conversation interview between two people and you're recording at one time, but you're seeing both sides inside the uh, the app that you're recording that's when things get really kind of fun where you could actually start basically having multi-camera shoots uh, with one camera now the double take app will allow you to communicate with one other camera as well so you could actually have two cameras in two different locations talking to each other and it's recording and syncing up between those two cameras so it really is for multi-camera shooting where you want to go have some options to work with when you're editing. Um, but I love these apps and the fact that they're so relatively inexpensive for what they do for basically, you know, 30, 40 bucks total, you could have your entire phone outfitted with all these apps that really turn your phone into the closest thing you can get to a production level camera for, for some high end video work. Um, So it's a lot of fun. It really is, I, You know, the Filmic Pro, it may be overkill for some people. It's not an app that I feel like you need if you're just going to be videotaping uh, your kids opening presents on Christmas morning or something like that, or just people having fun talking together. uh, That you're going to be just fine with the built-in camera app on your phone. But if you really want to get something a little bit higher level, I think the Filmic Pro is the way to go from the app standpoint. Yeah, that's cool.
0: And I was just looking at the the filmic website. I I also really appreciate um, companies that will give you suggestions of other products. And I noticed mm-hmm. on there they have a, a gear section that's not their gear they're selling, but they'll tell you here's a here's a great list of sliders that you can buy, you know, to do mm-hmm. mobile photo, modal mobile, mobile video and photography. And here's a great you know setup of tripods and all of that. So.
1: It's really cool. It could be a, They've got a great a, selection of yeah. lenses. Lenses you can add to your camera phone as well that are gonna give you a much better look. Um, microphones, you know, that you can add on. Yeah. Filmic is a great resource for if you are really dedicated to wanting to do mobile phone videography. It's it's gonna help you out with that for sure.
0: Nice. Very cool. Good good job. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to contribute to this, uh to this episode, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I came in strong at the end. So I, you know, that's great. Well, that is our episode on mobile phone video shooting, uh, shooting digital video on your camera phone. If that's if that's your intention and you want to use that as your primary video device, I hope that some of the suggestions and uh, ideas we shared are helpful to you. But Brian, as always, if somebody has questions, they need to correct us or want to talk about their own experiences and something they can add to the mix in our conversations. uh, How can they reach out to us to talk with us? well
0: so if if you or a loved one are suffering from vbs vertical video syndrome uh you may contact us at info@themesh.tv at uh that's info at themesh uh, uh that's going to be where you can send us uh, an email tell us a little bit about your use of video some of the um some of the tricks that you may have uh but also we always encourage. Let us know about future topics that you'd like us to dive into. Uh, we're looking for uh, new uh, new directions we can go with some of uh, some of our months here. So, uh, so let us know of a topic you'd like us to discuss and to deep dive into, and uh, we will certainly give that strong consideration. So, info at themesh.tv.
1: Yeah, we still have a couple of deep dive episodes coming up in the coming weeks on digital video. We're going to do one on shooting video on a more traditional video camera, camcorder. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about video. Uh, what do you do with video after you've shot it? Kind of getting it on your computer. Uh, what are your editing options? What are some different ways to do something creative with the video you've shot if you uh, want to do that? So that's going to be our next two deep dive episodes on this topic. So we encourage you to kind of stay tuned on that as we release those over the next couple of weeks. And then we'll move on to a new topic after that is done. So with that, Brian, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, Brian, for joining us. I hope you had a good nap during about half the show there. Yeah, it was Uh, great, refreshing. Very refreshing. Good. Good. Well rested for the rest of the day. That's good to hear. And we will look forward to talking to everybody soon. Take care. Bye-bye.